everybody welcome back to mondays down south presented by seams media uh before we get started as always please like the video if you're on youtube and subscribe to the channel or follow us on uh, the new spotify link um yeah coming at you after week two in the nfl another uh exciting and slightly messy uh performance on the field but we got we got Cy back with us this week we don't have zach sure. but we swapped him in and out and uh looking forward to chopping it up so how you doing man good to be back I in the states it. Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys holding down the fort last week. Shout out to my boy, Zach Klein, even though I didn't get to come on here and give my Colts take. He gave an even hotter one than I think I would have, so he filled in admirably, and I appreciate you for that, Klein. I am back in the States. I missed you all, but I had a wonderful time in India with family and getting to go see places that I haven't seen since I was young, and I missed it a lot. So it was an amazing trip, but I'm coming back a little refreshed too, and uh as much as I miss it, it's also good to be back. So win-win, and uh, I'm ready to talk a little sports. Apologize in advance, my voice is a little gone. And I was also telling Evan it is 6 p.m. right now as we record, and uh, this is when I went to bed yesterday and woke up at like two in the morning. So I'm toughing it out today, but we're gonna make a good segment out of it. And uh, yeah, that's my intro for today. Go ahead, E. I, I love it. So topic for today, what we're gonna do. Um, and I guess first administrative note, uh, the plan mm -hmm. moving forward, I think, is to start recording on Mondays to hopefully get you guys the episode more on like mm -hmm. Thursday morning or so. So keep an eye out for episodes kind of in the earlier range on like Thursday mornings. You can check out clips on Instagram and YouTube as always. So, you know, the usual areas to find us. But uh, for today, after week two in the NFL, what we're going to do is we're not going to do full trade, like mock trades, mm -hmm. um, because I think it can be a little silly to like project like draft picks and all that. Yep. But what we're going to do is we're going to trade, say, pick one player from one team, put them on another team um, as someone that would just be like a massive difference maker. Not even necessarily guys that are rumored to be traded or maybe it's someone that, you know, as we get closer to the deadline and teams start to maybe fall out of the race, could be traded. Or maybe it's just someone that would never in a million years potentially get traded. But you just think, man, if this one team could just get this one player, it would be... Um, so perfect. So I think mine are at least semi-reasonable guys that could be traded, but um, you know we can roll with it. So maybe we'll each give three. Yeah. The other can kind of react, and then we can uh, we can roll through it. So um, you want to start us off? You got one in mind? Well, I was gonna let you go, but I'll go since all you. Right, uh, since right. you threw... all right, no, go ahead. All right, go ahead, E. Go ahead, E. You came up all with right. a segment. I'll let you go first. All right, so my first one, I got to start off with one of your boys' size. So Jonathan Taylor been rumored, yep. um, rumored to be traded a lot. Who knows if he's if it's going to happen? It sounds like he's going to be ready to play starting in week five. But the question is, where is that going to be? Um, so given the horrific Monday Night Football injury, unfortunately to Nick Chubb, uh, prayers out to Nick Chubb. Um, that this hopefully isn't a career-ending injury. Obviously, it's already a season-ending injury, but just awful. Um, I would love to see Jonathan Taylor behind the Cleveland offensive line, given that Nick Chubb's now out. Obviously, they just signed Kareem Hunt, and they like Jerome Ford, so I don't think this is really even under consideration. 
But mm-hmm. I think if Jonathan Taylor went to Cleveland, he would be a slam dunk to have a year like he had two years ago behind your offensive line um, where he would just bomb and potentially uh, give Cleveland a competitive roster. So, again, I don't see that one as uh, really realistic as happening. But, I mean, just kind of one of the best backs in the league behind, you know, one of the best lines in the league would be a lot of fun to see, especially with their typically run-heavy game script uh, for Chubb. So, what do you think? So, all buys aside, here's what I think. And I'm glad you brought that one up because I was going to bring it up myself. Here's my ideal situation. I think, and this is all by society, I think with us having Anthony Richardson, who looks dynamite, by the way, in the first two weeks in the sense of his development, right? I think having Jonathan Taylor is a huge plus. And obviously, there's still a chance he stays. We don't know that for a fact. But I think the perfect place for him to be is to stay in Indy because he knows the system. Our line is way better so far this year than it was last year. But with that being said, I think you keep Jonathan Taylor, and in the next couple of weeks, if Cleveland's backfield doesn't work itself out with the Jerome Ford, Kareem Hunt signing, we trade Zach Moss to the Browns because I actually think Zach Moss looked really good this past week, and I don't think I, don't, I think he's better than a backup at this point with the way that he performed. I think we take Taylor, we keep him, we eventually re-sign him um, and build that two-headed monster, him and Richardson, and we trade Moss to the Cleveland Browns because I think Moss is that perfect compliment to what they might need. And he's more of something that's attainable for them, right? Because they're already paying Nick Chubb a lot of money. It doesn't make sense for them to go get Taylor who wants to go somewhere that requires a lot of money. So Zach Moss to the Cleveland Browns. I like that as a realistic pivot that could happen. Very fun. Shout out Zach Moss delivering for our fantasy team. Um, Our co-owned, for those that don't remember for prior prior, uh, pods or prior years, we have the co-owned auction team. Um, Zach Moss just absolutely delivering. Our running back is uh, yes, running sir. back room is a little little thing. So <laughs> nice pop off last week. But uh, all right, you got one for us. Oh, you want me to go? Okay, you want me to go back to yeah. back over here? Uh, yeah, back let's to go back, back to back. And then... All right, I've been trying to think of Cam Akers' perfect destination because I know you aren't the biggest fan of Akers, but I think Akers, at least as a pure runner, um, still has a lot left in the tank. I think the end of last year showed it with the way he finished the season with those dynamic games. And I know week one wasn't the great greatest. I know Kyron William, Williams kind of took over. I think – I don't know the Saquon Barkley situation very well right now. I don't know how many weeks he's going to miss. If it ends up being more serious than we think it's going to be, the Giants cannot wait. They can't run with Matt Brieta and whoever they got left over right now. They need a running back, and Daniel Jones and Waller and company are not going to carry that offense. I think Akers is the perfect fit for that offense. You plug him in immediately. He's going to have holes to run because they have a decent run-blocking scheme. I think you can take him right now, put him on the Giants, run the ball. You got your running, running back, and all you need to do is have someone as a pass catcher, and it's a good supplemental plan for at least until Saquon gets back. I know for our fantasy team, it isn't the most optimal. I'd rather have him go somewhere else where he gets more of a consistent opportunity. But when I look at it as purely just – like a need, I think yeah, that's a great place for Akers to end up right now, especially if Saquon's out for a while. Yeah, I like it. When that Saquon news broke, obviously everyone kind of uh, goes to the, okay, you know, who's their backup? Who can I pick mm-hmm. up in fantasy kind of thing? And then you see Matt Breida and you're like, there's just like, Matt Breida is not a guy that can tote yep. the rock, you know, 20 plus touches a game and give you fantasy value. So it'd be nice to get someone in there. Um, yeah. My issue with that is, uh, well, I mean, Saquon's such a three-down back that, uh, you know, because Cam Akers, just, he, he doesn't have the ability as a receiving back, um, nor do I think he's a good pass blocker, which is why he was, you know, not uh, Sean McVay's uh, biggest 
proponent. But um, yep. but yeah, I think that makes sense. I think they could use someone instead of Breida. I know they got like a undrafted or maybe late round pick as well there that might mix it up uh, tomorrow night to to see what he can bring. But mm-hmm. um, we'll have to see. So I guess I'll move on. I'll stick with the Giants. This this one is just completely out of the box insanity. Like would never happen. But I would love to see it. Because I think the Giants have a pretty good team. They've looked awful, like truly horrendous so far, which we'll maybe talk about a little later. But, yep. um, And I think the Minnesota Vikings situation this year is super interesting because Kirk Cousins is on a contract year, so they need to figure out, you know, is he their guy moving forward? He's looked amazing this year. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, are they willing to pay him, you know, a ton of money to keep him, you know, for the next few years? Or are they going to even potentially blow it up? I mean, they were good last year, but that was probably a, more of a fluke. So they got to figure out what they're doing. And obviously off to an 0-2 start isn't great. So let me send Justin Jefferson to the Giants just to give them that that one receiver. Because right now they have no one. I mean, Hodgins is okay. Hyatt looks decent. And they got Darren Waller in there now. But give them that true just elite wide receiver that Daniel Jones could just look at and not even ask questions, right? It's like one read to Justin Jefferson. You know, and that's the only play. So, obviously, I don't think this would ever happen. The Vikings would probably be insane to trade the best receiver in the NFL. Um, but the Giants having that true weapon to go with Saquon and Waller, give Daniel Jones something, good defense, good offensive line, see what happens. So, that's my completely ridiculous one. Um, it's but funny. the Giants a big weapon. It's funny because you kind of teed that up perfectly for me. One thing I will say, though, is I really hope that doesn't happen because I have Justin Jefferson in our home league with the number one overall pick. And I just don't trust Daniel Jones to support a uh, a consistent passer. I just feel like he's someone who likes to spread it around a little too much. And I love that Kirk will pepper Jefferson with targets the way he deserves to be peppered. So for as long as I have Jefferson, I hope Kirk is his quarterback, if not someone better. But speaking of the Vikings, if there is a world in which they actually do decide to blow it up in like, let's say the next couple of weeks and they realize, hey, we got a good offense, but Mattinson ain't it at running back and our defense isn't going to be able to keep up. If they make a trade, I think, and I, this isn't the first time I'm sure someone has thrown this out there. I think you send Captain Kirk to the New York Jets. You like that? Take over for Aaron Rodgers and let's see what they can do with Garrett Wilson, Kirk Cousins, and that insane defense of theirs with Brees Hall getting healthy. I think that offense could be good enough with Kirk Cousins with how good their defense is. I, they just need something. It, like, Wilson ain't it. They need something. And so I think Kirk Cousins to the Jets is kind of a perfect fit. I can't think of anyone else that's going to trade a quarterback that could really drastically improve that situation. So that's the one I can think of. Again, I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Vikings are going to ride this season out one more one more season. And if Kirk is gone, Kirk is gone. But I think that's a good good place for him to end up. Yeah, I think that's the perfect one. I debated putting that one in there. Just... I want Zach Wilson to work really bad. I'm going to be honest with you. Me too. Uh, I, I want the redemption story, but it's it just it looks pretty bleak at this point. Uh, it's only been one game against probably the best defense in the league, though. So you know we'll give him a pass. I guess it's been two I'd say games. Two but, games. Uh, yeah, yeah, he pretty, pretty much played that whole game, obviously. Um, and yeah, the contract situation is perfect. Kirk just has this year. You know they still yep. plan on Aaron Rodgers being back next year, so they can yep. let him walk after this year. Perfect situation. I'm here for it. Yep. And like I said earlier, Kirk's been lighting it up. So. My just um, so, real quick, Evan. If there's a, you've already got, given your three, right? I have one more that oh, I was going to give. Ahead. Go ahead, my fault. Go ahead. Um, all right. So my next one. This one I don't want to happen because I'm a Commanders fan. Um, but uh, it, it's kind of it's been like rumored. I don't think it's actually being talked about. It's just like fan speculation rumors. 
Um, but uh, Chase Young to Baltimore to give them an elite edge rusher. Chase Young, obviously, you know, we kind of need to decide who we're paying between Montez Sweat and Chase Young. At this point, Montez Sweat looks a lot better, although Chase Young looked amazing in his first game back, which is good to see. And just like all the injuries and all the kind of drama and all the stuff around Chase Young, you know, trade him to Baltimore, potentially get a haul back, then pay Sweat this offseason, um, let Baltimore pay Chase Young. Um, decent solution. I don't want that to happen because I would love to see what full season of healthy Chase Young and Montez Sweat with Deron Payne and John Allen in the middle could do. Yep. Um, already wreaking havoc in the, the first uh, game of the yep. year where they all play together. But, um, you know, Baltimore, obviously, a lot of people have as a Super Bowl contender. I'm not quite there. But, um, you know, Chase Young potentially being a huge impact to that defense and, you know, helping them with the pass rush. Yep. I think I've already given three. I think that Chase Young one is a great one for Baltimore. But if it's cool with you, I got one more for you. And this one's yeah, kind of, of my, this one's my little wild card one. Okay. I love it. So if, so first of all, I do want to throw this out there because I feel like I was a little bit higher on them coming into the season than you, but the Rams have looked pretty good um, overall, especially with Cooper cup out and with what people projected to be a no defense situation. But if in the next couple of weeks, it does work out where their team starts to struggle and they don't, you know, they don't make, make ends meet. I don't think they're parting with Cooper Cup, especially with them coming off injury. And they have those two stud young wide receivers. Puka Nakao is the truth. However, I don't think their defense is getting better anytime soon. So how about we take arguably the best defensive player of our generation in Aaron Donald and go put him with the Super Bowl champions and Patrick Mahomes on the Chiefs defense. Pair him with Chris Jones and let those two wreak havoc together while Mahomes in that offense – carries the boat on the other side. That is, I want to see that so badly. I think that would be a beautiful trade, especially pairing him with Jones and the young defense around him. That's my, that's my thought, especially because if you think about it, the chiefs outside of Kelsey and Mahomes aren't paying, uh, aren't paying anyone a ton of money. So I think that's, that's one that I want to see. That would be, that would be truly absurd. (laughs) I can't even imagine what Chris Jones and Aaron Donald together would look like. Woo. Mm. I like it. I like it. That's why I leave it at that one. Cool. I think that's all I had. I, w- I was going to send it a quarterback to the Jets as well, so I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, sadly, with what Zach Wilson looks like. No, who else? Uh, other free agents, Leonard Fournette's out there, but otherwise there's not many big-name free agents. We'll see what happens with Akers, like you mentioned. But uh, yeah. cool. Anything else on that topic? Or do you want to do any other major headlines you want to talk about? Or we can ju- I can just drive through some uh, some general recap from the weekend? No, I think, I think we move on. All right. Cool. So let's see what we didn't talk about. Eagles snuck out a win on Thursday night. I don't think I have a ton about that. The Vikings need to stop beating themselves, though, man. They fall like dude. four times. Like, what are they doing? The week one was awful too. Like, they, you know, they've been competitive, but they just need to stop beating themselves. Um, Commanders Broncos. That game was just truly ridiculous. You see the hail mary at the end. I was like, I did. What are- I did. I think we should. I think we should take a second to talk about that, though, because one thing I do want to give credit where credit is due is McVeigh, in his defense, um, within two weeks has. No, obviously week one didn't look amazing on offense, but they took some strides. Week two, they looked pretty solid on offense against a good Commanders defense with a great defensive line. I think Russell Wilson. That's the best performance he's had in years with the 300 yards passing. Obviously, a little bit of that fluke, fluke play, but I still think like. He looked pretty good overall, and this is what Judy's still a little bit banged up. I think as Judy gets a little bit healthier, that offense doesn't look – and Javante Williams is still 
getting healthy. I see sh- so, uh, like sides and shades of like signs and shades of them continuing to get better on offense. The part that I want to call out though is their defense because Denver's personnel should be good enough to be arguably the best defense in the NFL, if not, you know, top three to five. And the fact that in back-to-back weeks they've let up the amount of points that they've let up, not that the commanders didn't play well, not that they didn't get a good matchup week one, they should be doing way better than they're doing. So I actually want to put more of an onus on their defense to perform because I feel like their offense is going to get way more crap because of last year instead of their defense, where in reality I think their defense has been more of the disappointment this year. And I actually think the offense has some signs of improvement. I'm going to disagree a little bit. Um, like Russell Wilson, you mentioned obviously the Hail Mary buoyed his stats a little bit, but he all of his touchdowns were like, well, the Hail Mary side, but the other two were also like broken yard, like 50, 60 yard touchdowns that I don't yeah. know what our defense was doing, but they just let guys run wide open, like like Mims and then Brian Johnson again. And I'm like, I, I don't know what was going on, just busted covers and bad communication or secondary. But And then other than that, in the second half, I thought their offense looked terrible. Um, and week one, they were playing the Raiders, and they only put up, like, 16 points. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, they need to run the ball a little bit better. Um, the running game hasn't been that great in helping him. But I just I don't think it's very, it looks very good at all. I'm still very out on the whole Peyton Wilson situation. I think egos are going to clash, too. I think, I think I it's think, just a nightmare situation. I don't I think it's going to get any better. I, I will say I don't disagree with you in the sense of by no means is it perfect yet. But I'm saying I'm seeing signs of improvement. And Wilson looks way more comfortable in the last game, even if he struggled in the second half, than he ever did last season. And I think a big proponent of it, again, is if you think about it, he's kind of been devoid of of weapons, right? Like, Javonta Williams is back, but he's clearly not at full health yet. Like, they need to – he needs to – I feel like by the second half, he's going to be way better because he'll be coming off that ACL and have had more time to recover. And Judy's his number one. And Judy has literally played his first game. And they – even if they're broken plays, it's you saw Wilson run around a lot more than he has in years, dude. He had like what, like sixty yards rushing. I haven't seen that in years. So Did it he? just seems like it seems like he's a little more poised. Anyway, I don't I, I don't expect the Broncos to make noise of this that much of this year. So let's not spend too much time on it. But I just wanted to point it out. I want to give Peyton a little bit of credit. Yeah, I'm out on Sean Payton big time. Um, Bills bounce back. I don't think much. James Cook. James Cook is a stud. Shout out James Cook. But. I don't know too much on the Bills. Ravens, Bengals, pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Um, Lamar looked a lot better this week, I will say. So I'm I'm counting the um, you know the tallies from all the haters in the comment section about my you know kind of anti Ravens stance. Lamar did look a lot better. I will say everyone's like, oh, he's like leading the league in uh, you know completion percentage. The dude throws ten screens a game to Zay Flowers. Like that's why his completion percentage is so high. He has really like high probability percentage throws that most quarterbacks in the NFL could make. Yeah, but that said, he looked a lot better. He used his legs effectively. I'll give him credit, um, and that's a big win for Baltimore. Um, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm still not completely in on Lamar and Todd Munkin, but they looked better this week. So, what's mm-hmm. your take on that game? Well, and they got and they got Mark Andrews back. I I care less about focusing on the Ravens there because my opinion has always been that the Ravens are going to be good this year. So I'm I'm not surprised by the result there. The part I'm shocked by is Joe Burrow, like, where is he? I, I Has he played football this season? Like, I don't know where he is. Like, he had, they had a nice little comeback situation with T. Higgins, but it's been weird. Like, this is not what I expect out of Joe Burrow. I mean, the first half, they basically got carried by their punt returner and their special teams. So when you factor all that in, the Bengals should be way better than they are. Mixon actually had a solid game in the first half. He basically was carrying them on his back, and – Jamar Chase has been non-existent. Um, I want to take a second and um, 
I'm going to call out Michael Dolan. I'm going to tag him later on this. Michael Dolan drafted Jamar Chase number one overall in in our SB League, like our other SB League back home. And me and Phil Samay gave him endless crap before the season started as to why, don't get me wrong, obviously amazing player. I'm not trying to disrespect Jamar Chase. But he made a like a argument that Jamar Chase is better than Justin Jefferson just as a pure player. And I think you are out of your mind, Dolan. And two weeks in, I feel like you I've already lost that argument. And this is looking like one of the worst picks you've ever made. So I just want to throw that out there real quick because like T. Higgins, T. Higgins was that dude this week, and Jamar Chase was nowhere to be fine. So I'm a little bit concerned about how the Bengals have started. However, Joey B's got too much ice in his veins, so I'm really hoping to see a bit of a bounce back from them as we go forward because the playoffs aren't as fun without the Bengals being good. So that's my takeaway from that. Yeah, I'm still, I'm a little worried about the injury. It sounds like he is very questionable this week as opposed to last week where he was technically questionable, but really going to play. Um, and week one for that matter. But Joey, Joe's always a slow starter. And then the beginning of the year, it's like, you know, and usually it's somewhat injury related. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, kind of the, the narrative trickles in that, you know, Joe Burrow's not elite. And then by the end of the year, you're like, oh, my gosh, this guy's like the second best quarterback in the league to Patrick Mahomes. So I fully yep. expect the same thing to happen. Yep. If he has to take a couple weeks off, you know, I think that's maybe even for the best. I think maybe I should have done that to begin with, um, which is easy to say now that they've lost these games anyway. But, um, yeah, not too worried about the Bengals. They got another tough they're game this week. They're not making the playoffs, though, if he takes a couple weeks off, though, Evan. They're in the AFC. Like, this is not going to be – a cakewalk getting into the playoffs, especially with some teams looking kind of decent that, you know, you wouldn't expect to be a playoff team. Like there's some teams out there that are going to make some noise. So you can't just take it easy. You know, they're pushing it. They're pushing it here for sure. Um, Chiefs Jags, big game, kind of a disappointing um, low scoring game, but the Chiefs defense looked amazing. A little disappointing performance by the Jags um, on offense. But um, I don't know if I have too much on this one other than the Chiefs, uh, you know, did a nice job bouncing back over to the tough week one loss. And Mahomes um, and got a go. Yeah. Continue. Although not much of a not much of an offensive performance. We'll have to see. Titans Jet or uh, Titans Chargers. The Chargers are the worst, man. The Chargers, the Chargers are the worst. The Chargers and the Vikings are like essentially the same in two different conferences, right? Like they literally, they every week you expect them to win because they have that talent and that ability to, and then they find a way to lose the game. They like literally look for a way to lose the game. Yeah, and they and guess who plays each other this week? Uh, Chargers and Vikings. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the Titans, you know, they ran the ball, they made some plays at the end and snuck it out in overtime. But the Chargers looking a little dicey. Brandon Staley had a rough post game press conference. Uh, you know, it. started yelling at reporters. Uh, I think the, the first one was basically him defending the team. I think the question was basically, why do you guys keep blowing games? Um, and he, you know, kind of deflected and said, you know, blah, 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 the team, you know, you know, things happen or whatever. And I- then. He was asked about the mood, and he, the guy who's like, what do you think the mood is? We just lost in overtime, so I don't know. It's getting I, dicey there early. I, just, I don't get it, though, because they have so much talent, and the offense looked amazing. Like, Herbert had an, like Herbert played great. Keenan Allen was incredible. Obviously, turnovers you need to cut down on, but even without Eckler, for them to put up over 30 points, like that, and they're missing one of the best running backs in the league, that goes to show how dynamic that offense is. Mike Williams looked good. They even got, like, you know, Jared Everett and people like that involved. But I don't know what's going on because their defenses should be too good in terms of playmakers to – 
be allowing this level of points and it just hasn't been there. So hopefully they figure it out because they have too much talent. It's kind of sad. I want to see them be better. That's how I feel. Yeah. yeah. They're just super overrated yeah. um, by everyone pretty much. Uh, next game, Packers-Falcons. Really good game here. The Falcons snuck it out late. How about that? Bijan let it eat. Um, just a really good game all around. The Falcons... I said it last week. I think the Falcons are for real, and they're going to win that division. And how? You know, that's a big win for them. How are they winning games with Desmond Ritter? I watched like he? no, no, do not, do not start with me, Evan. I watched most of a big part of that game. The amount of terrible plays that man made, and somehow because of Bijan making some crazy play or. Or, you know, Drake London making the right cut, who gets like two targets a game, even though he should be like getting 12. And Kyle Pitts, who gets like three targets a game when I'm watching the whole game and Kyle Pitts like is open every other play. And Desmond Ritter has him wide open and he like looks at him and then just runs into the pile. I do not understand how this man is starting for the Falcons and how they are managing to win with them because... I, it's so frustrating to watch him play quarterback for them. And I don't understand how you can't find a better option. I'm not trying to be rude to Ritter. I'm just saying, come on, man. Like, there's better – like, Jacoby Brissett, I would much rather have starting for my team, and I bet you that team would be even better. But that just goes to show how the level of talent the Falcons have, that they're winning with them. And the Packers are not, you know, some cakewalk either. Yeah, I mean, they have Heineke as a high-end backup, but this is a classic situation of we drafted this guy, like, fairly high. He wasn't a first-round pick, but I think, like, you know, second-round pick, maybe third-round pick. So, like, we need to give him a chance to show what he's got, but, yeah, he's awful. Um, he made a couple plays there in that game. They they did finally feed Drake London, um, which was really annoying because I was facing him in fantasy, but uh, um, he had a huge game. But, yeah, the Falcons, oh. man, this is the exact team that next year with all the quarterbacks in the draft – like needs to they're not going to be have a high enough pick but they like just need to like sell the farm and trade up to get they should not Ka- be yeah. like drake may or it's probably too much to get caleb because arizona will no. take him but uh you know drake may um i guess it's shador next year or does he have another I, year after that i think, I think shador's stay. next year too i think or, he yeah he, next year. he, he might can stay. go i think but, but he might i stay. will say this though i think they should be losing because they need to capitalize on this draft class. If they get one of those two to three guys, that offense is going to be one of the best for the next decade. And I'm saying it right now. I'm calling Zach out right now. I said Bijan was the right pick. And two weeks in, there's nothing at all that makes me think he wasn't the right pick. This dude looks like a Hall of Famer two games into the season. Some of the stuff he's done on that field is – things i've never seen from an nfl running back like that's how good he looks so that was yeah that one like 20 yard run where he sends three different packers defenders just flying on on jukes it's just (laughs) it's so good it's so good um another game seattle seattle beats detroit in overtime disappointing one david montgomery gets hurt disappointing loss for detroit i think detroit's another super overrated team um, people just want them to be good so bad that they get really overrated in the betting odds and uh, in general projections. Um, and now they got some banged up injuries, but big bounce back for Seattle going halfway across the country, at least in an early slot high scoring game, similar to last year when these two teams played at uh, Ford field, but uh, big bounce back win for Seattle. Yeah. I think it's less about Detroit being overrated and more about Seattle just being better than they were week one. I think they're pretty even teams when you think about, both of their performances last year and in terms of talent. So I'm not surprised that it was, uh, you know, a super close high scoring game. That's what I would expect out of them. Yep. 
I don't have much on the Colts, but I'll pass it to you. AR looked uh, looked great. Unfortunately, he's going to be out this week, right? Uh, I don't think it's. I don't think he's confirmed out this week. He's in concussion protocol, so um, he you know he didn't practice today. But according to Steichen, him and uh, Ryan Kelly both are looking good. So hopefully they'll practice in the next couple of days and we'll play this weekend. But regardless, I want him to take his time, dude. Anthony Richardson. I am obsessed with him already. Um, obviously I was just from the draft, but in within two weeks, he's already just like had these insane highlight plays that just get you so excited about his potential. And I wish so much we could have seen his full stat line if he didn't get hurt literally five minutes into the game, because I mean, I don't know if, if a lot of people were watching, but Anthony Richardson in, I kid you not, four minutes into the first quarter with nine minutes and 30 seconds left in the first quarter had already had two rushing touchdowns. I mean, it's it's absurd the level of potential he has, and that's without a lot of weapons. I mean, if you think about it, the offense has, what, Michael Pittman and then a bunch of guys that most people don't even know that he's throwing to. And Zach Moss played well, but it's not Jonathan Taylor, right? So Anthony Richardson looks that good already. I'm I'm really excited. I'm I'm saying it right now. He should be at this rate. He's going to be offensive rookie of the year. It just he needs to stay healthy, and we got we got to work that out. But he looked really good. And I want to give a shout out to CJ Stroud. I think he did a really good job of, in a game where they were clearly out of it the whole time. He did a good job of staying in there and making some great throws. So it was fun to watch the rookies play. Yeah, CJ looks good. I think he looks better. I have him above Bryce Young now. Um, AR though was first out of the rookie class so far. Uh, Bears Bucks. Justin Fields looks awful, man. Yeah, I one of the most I, th- I would say one of the most disappointing things about this season so far is that Justin Fields not only did he not develop at all or get any better, he he looks worse than he did last year. It's bad. Dude. Uh, it could just be in his in his head, and he's not. It sounds like he's just you know being a little robotic and not just letting it play. But they gave him DJ Moore. Like ah oh, man. It's hard to watch, honestly. Like that that slip screen. First off, they ran three straight slip screens to the same exact that side. That was the worst, dude. Like this is me playing Madden, right? You know, run the ball <laughs> on first down and second down, and then run the slip screen. You know, that's you know, that's 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 my offense in Madden, which isn't saying much about <laughs> Getsy so or whatever their offense <laughs> coordinator so is. But but like, oh my gosh, it looks awful, and he's still you know producing fantasy value with his legs, but at least you know enough of it to be a QB one, but. And that's the thing, too, like, because what's the excuse, right? They beefed up their offensive line. They traded for DJ Moore. They, like, you know, I feel like they've done everything that they can try to do to, you know, give him the opportunity to succeed a little bit more. And it's frustrating, too, because you see his post-game press conference. He went out there and was talking about his he, – he, instead of taking the blame for, like, not making the play when it mattered, he said, yeah, that's the play my offensive coordinator or coach called and – you know, it didn't work this time, but maybe it will the next time. And then they showed a clip of Kirk Cousins who made a perfect throw. And then, you know, J- Justin Jefferson fumbled. And then Kirk said, no, it's my fault. If I put the ball in a better place, he wouldn't have fumbled. Like, accountability, dude. Like, how are you ever going to be, you know, how are you ever going to be your potential if you don't have accountability? That frustrated me because I like Fields and I want him to be good. So that's frustrating. But I, I hope I hope that he still has some room for growth there. Yeah, how about this, side? Going back to our earlier trade segment, yep. what about Justin Fields to Atlanta? If they can't, if they can't, if they can't get, if if what if things go bad and he starts to ask out, and that Atlanta is like makes the playoffs and they're nowhere near a top pick, right? So they either have to settle for one of the you know not high end quarterbacks in the draft or like tr- like they're not even realistically going to be trade up that high. What about getting Justin Fields there? That would be pretty fun to have the dynamic quarterback with the rushing ability alongside that 
you know, Bijan and Tyler running game with London and Pitts on the outside. My only fun. concern with that, Evan, is I feel like Kyle Pitts and uh, and Drake London might cry, like, if they get another quarterback who like, just doesn't know how to throw them the football because those two are way too talented for not to get more targets. I think Arthur Smith is should not be the head coach. That's my mm. strong statement. I, I just – I'm tired of, like – I understand run-heavy offense is good. I know you're winning, but, like – if you want to really compete in this league, you need to get your best players the ball, and he doesn't know how to do it. Straight up. He just doesn't know how to do it. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But I would love to see Justin Fields. Isn't he from Atlanta? That was Who? like draft buzz, I think. Justin Fields think is like from be, there yeah. or something. I think he might be, yeah. Um, I might be making that up, but I feel like I remember that. Um, Giants, Cardinals. Boy, the Giants. So not much to talk about this game. Giants came back and win. I, I think the Cardinals at like halftime – like got a phone down from ownership or the GM was like, yo, we need to put the brakes on here and lose this game. (laughs) Cause they just, they just completely like, were like, you know, run first down, run second down, like super safe, like not downfield throw third down for the entire second half. And the giants just easily came back, you know, and won that game. But uh, Daniel Jones started throwing, but yeah, I think the Cardinals just gave up. I really do. If you're the Cardinals, it would be idiotic not to just like, absolutely tank and make sure you get a top two pick it would be idiotic like you go get you go get caleb williams you go get drake may and then you trade kyler murray somebody will give you a at least decent pick for kyler murray then you rebuild because right now the team is doing nothing and you need to build for the future and i don't think kyler is that dude for them i think they've had they've gone through enough with them you trade kyler to a team someone will give you something good for him you go get one of those two so i honestly fully wholeheartedly believe that there was some conversation of like, don't win this game. Like it had, or at least like to the head coach where he was just like tanking with the play calling. Like there's no way this comeback would have happened otherwise. Yeah. I think it has to be there. Like something um, that they've told the players that they're basically tanking. And like, obviously the players are always going to play their hardest, mm-hmm. but it has to be, it's like the play calling. Like you said, it's yep. like, they have told the players, Hey, the play calling might seem weird in some of these situations because we're tanking obviously you know do 100 percent, you know tr- whatever the play call is try and make it work but yep. like just be prepared for this and i feel like that is what happened um yep. which is unfortunate but because uh, they actually look kind of competent like in week one the defense looked kind of competent and in week two the offense looked kind of competent james yeah. connor haters are in shambles he looked amazing running that ball in the first half but um Kyler Murray to Atlanta could be interesting too. Just throwing out all these different quarterbacks to Atlanta. Uh, 49ers Rams. uh, The Rams kept it competitive here. Um, Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams, 2-2 Atwell. The new Rams offense is just... (laughs) They're nice with the You can't make it up. Um, My take on this one is... So, going into the season, I was out on Brock Purdy, and I said by the end of the year, whether by injury or performance, Sam Darnold would be the starting quarterback and be leading them into the NFC Championship. Um, after week one, Brock looked pretty good and tore up Pittsburgh, so I started to fade back on that, and I think that was a mistake. But now I'm back in on the Brock Purdy isn't isn't good uh, stance. I, he missed so many throws downfield. He reminded me so much of Jimmy G. Like, I you know he's a good leader, all that jazz. Seems like a good guy. Seems like the players love him, and uh, that team is so stacked. So obviously, I think it'll look pretty good. But I'm just I'm not a Brock Purdy fan. Like, he doesn't have much of an arm. He's really not that accurate. Like, I'm out. I'm out on Brock Purdy again. I think I think for as long as they're winning, they're not going to give up on him. 
and I think they believe that he manages the game well enough for them to win every game because their defense is so good and their offensive playmakers between guys like Devo and Chris McCaffrey with Swiss Army Knives can get you so much and then you still have Kittle and Ayuk. I don't think they really I think they'll win the Super Bowl with him, right? Like I don't I'm not like worried about their inability to win games with them. Like don't get me wrong, if they had a better quarterback, it would be actually unfair as to how good that team is. However, I still think they can win with them. Um, I want to actually focus more on uh, Sean McVay and give him credit where credit is due. I mean, last year, obviously, being the fluke year where literally everyone got hurt and Stafford was playing with a broken elbow, the fact that this guy can literally take anyone, like undrafted rookies, and make them look like legit, like Pro Bowl players is, dude, McVay is something different, man. Like, like I just his coaching his offensive like scheming is, is something special. Like I will never get tired of watching a Shanahan McVay matchup. It's just beautiful. I'm not worried about the 49ers though. I think they're going to be, they're going to keep winning. I just, I don't have, I don't worry about them. Yeah. I'm not worried about them all. I just want to see what it would look like with uh Darnold's arm strength in there. I just want to see. Darnold I want to see anything. What's Darnold no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying he has, but Shanahan's a, Shanahan's a genius. And you know, Darnold has yeah. some of the, uh, the abilities that uh, other quarterbacks do not have. So I just would like to see what it looks like, you know, just for just for fun. Um, Cowboys continue their assault on the league against the Jets. Uh, what are the Jets doing not trying to run the ball at least a little bit, especially with Brees? They couldn't. I don't know. They were getting yeah, absolutely. But no, they were getting absolutely. They're not going to be able to throw destroyed. it either, though. I mean, I mean, it was similar to, like, the Colts game, right? Like, the offensive line was getting so obliterated, like – Every time Dalvin or Brees touched the ball, it was like a four-yard loss. So it's just kind of like you didn't have a choice. Like it just it was un, it was an unbeatable situation. Micah Parson was like eating breakfast, lunch, dinner, and taking a nap on that field. Like it just just didn't matter. Like well, yeah. and that's the thing. The way to attack a guy like that is to just like rush straight at him. Like especially with well, their secondary. And I I mean sure it's you know but you kind of got to stick with it. I, I just the I, problem I don't is really they couldn't it. break the first barrier. The defensive sure. line was just eating them for lunch. You know what, what can you do? Yeah, there's not many good solutions for the Cowboys' defense right now. Offense played better, too, against a good Jets, uh, mm-hmm. Jets defense. Uh, Sunday Night Football, the Dolphins snuck out a win, similar to the first game where the Patriots just hung around and had a chance at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Dolphins, man, they're they're being slept on from uh, Vegas, and now I think the, uh, the general media is picking up on it. But they're for real. They are big time for real. Not And the defense played great here. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they looked amazing. The Patriots almost won the game, but it is good to know that they can win a gritty game because you need to be able to do that in your division. So I'll give them more credit as due. Raheem Mostert, though, our dude. Raheem Mostert looking real nice out there. I just hope he can stay healthy for one season because I don't think people even realize how incredible that guy is when when he's on the field. Like, I, I hope he gets to stay healthy. But it's he- stupid that they already have Waddle and Hill with Tua, and then you have – when most dirt looks good, that's an incredible offense. And you're right, defense looks good. But let's give credit where credit is due. Bill Belichick and the Patriots were, you know, gave them everything they could and then some to, to try to make that a game. That's what I'm saying. We know what the Patriots are about, especially at home. And, uh, you know, obviously the, you know, the Dolphins didn't blow them out, but, you know, that's an impressive uh, road win. And yeah. most is why I didn't realize he's in his 30s now. And that yeah, dude, dude still like runs like that. Like he's like he's such a slept on back. I mean, how was he going to like the tenth round of fantasy drafts or whatever it was? Like he was going so late. Everyone knows you only get him for one week and then he gets yeah. hurt. Like, 
You and I hey. have been on this train forever, dude. Hey, fantasy is a weekly game. Um, gosh, I do love uh, love me some Raheem Mostert. Um, Monday night football. I hate the two Monday night football games. First of all, yep. Um, horrendous offense here. We talked about Chubb, um, Bryce Young. Still not looking too good. Um, Pittsburgh defense yeah. looked amazing though. But yeah, it's big time plays. That was a huge win for them. Kenny Pickett still looks mm-hmm. awful. Deshaun looks awful. Bryce didn't look good. Derek Carr didn't look good. Bad quarterback play, but, you know, good defensive play. Um, I just, if you're going to give us two games, at least give us one good one. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I just love how – what did – so the Steelers, what, scored one offensive touchdown? So I they had so. two, two on defense. Oh, yeah, they had the Pickens one. The, like, yep. Pickens slant that just, like, went – you know, he just busted. Yep. Yeah. So we'll see what's up with those teams, especially now that Chubb's out. But I think that's it on recap. All right. Before we jump into picks to finish up this week, we have some live breaking news on the podcast. Um, literally at the beginning of the podcast, Sai, you proposed a Cam Akers destination. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you did not get the destination correct, but we do have a Cam Akers trade and destination. The Or wait, where did you say he was going to go? The Giants. Oh, no, no, no. You didn't get it right. Um, Cam Akers gets traded to the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, let's go. It's pretty good, That's right? That's good for fantasy. Oh, my gosh. Evan, dude, we are sitting pretty Isn't right that now good? with Cam Akers. No, the that's other... literally the best spot. That's yeah. I can't believe I didn't think of that. Yeah. Matt, Alex Madison looks awful. Now, I will say, <laughs> I, I think should be mentioned, dude, get out of NFL players' DMs when they play poorly especially with some of the stuff people were sending to Alex yep. Madison in case you saw yep. it, just awful. Yep. Like it makes me like really concerned for society that yep. people do that. Um, yep. So stop that. With that said, Alex has not looked good. I don't want to rag no, on him because he's getting plenty of his D- DMs, but that's a great spot for Cam Akers. Um, what is it? Pick swap. So basically nothing. Um, they basically got him for free. And Kevin O'Connell, right, was with Cam Akers in uh, yep. LA. So um, yep. that great spot for cam makers from a fantasy standpoint that is literally could not have been better i was trying to think of like where would i want him to go with us being acres owners i'm telling you right now he is going to have a solid season on on the vikings just because there'll be so many lanes open with the jefferson combination this is better than him having stayed on the rams like this is a better situation so that's amazing i'm super happy about that yeah i actually i had a claim on him in one league where someone dropped him I'm kind of bummed this news broke now and didn't wait like 24 hours to make sure I get him. Yeah. But yeah, it's a bunch of novices in that league anyway. Could be someone to trade for, honestly. I think um, so too. Yep. Um, yeah, great spot. Anyways, we got let's jump into picks um, for the last five, 10 minutes here. Uh, going over last week, um, Zach takes the week at 11 and 5, a really solid uh, week for Zach. Uh, you and I both, and Klein, guest picker, coming at 10 and 6. So just a game off the pace. But Zach takes the week. Um, which puts you and him in a tie for first on the year. Um, and then I'm one game behind you guys. So it's nip and tuck already. Um, solid week for our guest picker, Klein. If we look at spreads, um, you actually won the week um, against the spread. 10 and 6, which is terrific against the spread. Nice performance, Cy. Sure. Uh, although Zach and I were just a game off the pace there at 9 and 7 against the spread. Also solid. So And against the spread, you are 18 and 14 and first. I am two games off uh at 500 against the spread 
Um, and the seems media seems media parlay back to back weeks going two for three, which is solid as okay. we do the individual bets as well. So we'll keep grinding it out. I feel like I cost us. We could have the Indianapolis one. I'm still yeah, kicking myself okay. in the back because because not because it also could have. I feel like it could have been an option. I, I kind of think we might have still gone with the Chargers, which is the one that screwed us. But it, could, it definitely could have been an option, which is uh, which is a bummer that good. we could have had. It's all, all good. Three, we, but, we we hey, all, we we uh, yeah we 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 keep grinding through the matrix. <laughs> Um, and let's get into it. So starting off Thursday night football, New York Giants at San Francisco 49ers. Saquon Barkley is out. Andrew Thomas is out. A lot of guys out for the Giants. Um, potentially Brandon Ayuk would be out for the Niners, um, although he might even play. So um, San Francisco is a 10-point favorite at home. Um, let's start with you. Over-under is 44.5, by the way. Man, 10-point is a lot, but it is at home, and they're traveling across the country with a lot of injuries. I'm going to say John, I'm gonna say San Francisco wins, but I'm going to go no cover just because I, I feel like I feel like it'll be one of those last-minute like touchdowns from the Giants to cover. All right. I started last week. I know you weren't on to – I have a rule that I'm just going to take the 49ers to winning cover every week because I have a bad <laughs> habit about fading them. Now, unfortunately, yep. they didn't. They got backdoor covered last week, which was yep. a bummer, but I'm going to ride it out. I'm going to say uh, 49ers kill them. Yeah, um, winning cover. Um, next game is your Colts. Uh, Colts at Baltimore. Um, Baltimore is a seven and a half point favorite. Over under is forty five. I have Baltimore winning, and I'm going to say covering. I have a, I have a hunch that Richardson will be out, and it'll be Minshew. So I'm going to take Baltimore to win and cover. Yeah, see, I'll take, this, I think this is good. annoying because if I know Richardson's playing, then I'm going to say we cover because I just I feel like we bring similar things to the table as Baltimore. Just Baltimore being a little bit more experienced. However, I don't know if he's playing. So for now, under the assumption that he's playing, I'm going Colts win and cover. Or not win. Colts, uh, you know, lose the game, but they cover. However, if he's not playing, I'm going no cover. Okay. I can't promise I'll remember that, but I will try to adjust for I'll remind you. I'll remind you. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right, cool. So next one, Tennessee at Cleveland. A couple of similar teams here. Um, Cleveland's actually a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. You want to start us off? Uh, I'm going to say, oh my gosh, this is not a fun one. I'm yeah. going to say Cleveland wins no cover. Yeah, this one's a tough one. I, I tossed around uh, with this one for a mm-hmm. little bit. I'm at, I think Deshaun looks terrible. And the way you beat Tennessee is through the air. It's really hard to run the ball on them. Mm-hmm. And now they got, you know, they got to mix in Jerome Ford. Like, I'm going to say Tennessee wins this out right on the road. I don't, you know, love it. Pick. I don't like this game, but yeah. you know, I think there's enough of a good shot for them to do that here. Um, next game, Atlanta at Detroit, 1 p.m. Detroit has potentially a lot of injuries here. Amon Ross St. Brown, we know Montgomery is out. A couple other guys, I think. Um, but Detroit keeps a three-point advantage on the spread, so Detroit minus three. Over/under is 46. I do love Atlanta, but I think maybe it's time to fade them a little bit. But um, with all the injuries on Detroit side, this is, I think, a really tough one. I'm going to say Detroit wins but doesn't cover. You're saying Amon Ra is definitely out? I believe he's already been ruled out. Yes. Uh, okay. Maybe not already, but it seems like he... Yeah, I'm going to go I'm gonna go Detroit win no cover because I just think that I can't pick the Falcons. Like I just don't feel like they're going to win on the road personally. Yep. Yep. You said no cover, day to day, not cover. practicing, so he might yeah, play. No cover. Um, but you know, low number. I'm with you there. Um, no. New Orleans at Green Bay is our next game. Um, Green Bay is a two point favorite at home. Forty two <laughs> and a half is the over under. Um, let's start with you. 
You said two Green Bay is a two and a half point favorite at home. Just two. Just two. Against yeah. say it again? I want to make sure I got that right. New Orleans New Orleans. Jeez, that's a hard one too. Yeah. Um man, I'm not liking this week. Nah, I'm going hard. to say I'm going to say this week Green Bay wins and covers just because of the also the additional injuries that the uh Saints have. If this was a week later I'd pick differently, but I'm gonna say uh Packers win and cover. Oh yeah. What do you mean? All the running backs that they got out? Who yeah. else is out? Yeah, well, I, I just think the running back situation, yeah. Yeah, the running back situation is going to be funny this week, but I think Green Bay is a little overrated, even though I came into the season liking them, and I still do to an extent. Um, New Orleans' defense looks amazing, man. I, I just really think they're going to shut them down. Um, the offense, though, yeah, could be a little bleak, even though the receivers are playing pretty well all together. So um, tough one again. I'm going to take New Orleans on a money line here as well. Um mm -hmm. But yeah, another tough one. Um, next game, Houston at Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. uh, Jacksonville is a nine and a half point favorite. Over under is forty four. I got Jacksonville winning and covering. Yeah, I'll take. You said what was the over? What was the uh, spread? Nine nine and a half. I'll go Jacksonville win no cover. I'm gonna say Houston covers. All right. Uh, Denver at Miami is the next game. Um, Miami's a six and a half point favorite at home. Over under is forty eight and a half. Start with you. I'll go Miami win and cover. I'll go cover this week for them. Yeah, agreed. I think I think Denver's terrible. I think at home this number's maybe a little light. I don't mm -hmm. know. Miami wins and covers. Um, Chargers at Minnesota. This is the kind of fun, like you mentioned earlier, to basically identical teams in different conferences so um, minnesota at home at 1 p.m it's an even line so you're just picking who you think is going to win over under is massive it's 54 i'll start um both teams are desperate i'm going to take the team that's playing at home i'm going to say minnesota stops beating themselves with fumbles and that they can pull out a win here so i got minnesota i'm gonna say la goes and beats them I just don't All think right. they're going to be able to run the ball until Akers figures out the system. I think LA is be the better overall team. So I'm going LA. All right. Um, next game, New England at the New York Jets at MetLife. Uh, New England is a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Over-under is just 37. So start us off here. New England win and cover. Yeah, I have that as well. I think this is going to be a disaster for Zach Wilson. You know, it's basically the Bill Belichick against rookie quarterback yep. situation. He's nowhere yep. near a rookie, but he basically is one. Yep. So, um, next one: Buffalo at Washington uh, at one p.m. Buffalo is a six and a half point favorite. I'll start with you again here. Buffalo win and cover. I've got. Um, I'm glory playing Washington to win on the money line here. I do think they'll keep it close. I, I think the spreads may be a little high given that it's going to be in D.C. I think it could be a rainy game too, which probably helps the commanders because mm -hmm. Josh Allen will just be a mess. I think this is the game where people start to open their eyes to Sam Howell. It hasn't been perfect. It hasn't been pretty. Still got a lot of fundamentals to work on, but I don't know if you saw some of the throws he made in that Denver game, specifically the one to That's Terry good. McLaurin, where he sidesteps the, the rush, throws from like 35 to 40 yards downfield an absolute laser into double coverage that was basically still rising when it got to McLaurin. Like, I don't think yeah, people no, he's got a how cannon. absurd that is. He's, he's got a cannon. Um, Sam Howells was a stud. 100%. Accurate. 
Yeah. And he made a couple other incredible throws in that game to bring him back. I think this is the game. If the weather is good enough, I think the weather might be kind of bad. So maybe this is going to hurt my take. But I think if the weather is good enough, people are going to really start to see the, Sam Howell. The flip side to that, though, is Josh Allen played like one of the best quarterbacks ever last week. <laughs> like he was literally yeah, absolutely unstoppable. So we'll see about that. Yeah, they'll score. They'll score. Really, I'm just glory playing the money line. I, realistically, I do think we'll cover. I like but, it. Oh, that's a fair um, Yeah. Uh, Carolina at Seattle. This is going to be our first 405 game. Bryce Young has popped up on the injury report, so we'll see if he plays. Um, Seattle's a six point favorite at home. I have them winning and covering. Me too. Um, yeah, I don't even I need to talk like, about this win and cover. Yeah, I, I kind of like this one. I mean, Sha, uh, Shaq Thompson out for yep. the year for Carolina. I, I just don't think Carolina's good at all. Yeah. Yep. Um, Dallas at Arizona, 425. Dallas is a 12 point road favorite. <laughs> Um, over under is 43. Um, I'll say there is a rule in NFL betting that you never take a double digit home favorite to not cover. So I'll take it here because the one thing about Dallas the first two weeks is they've just turned teams over at such a high rate mm-hmm. um, that gives their offense short fields. And Arizona's shown some spunk. I don't think Josh Dobbs is going to turn the ball over a whole lot. And I think they can maybe get some kind of a running game going with James Conner. So I'll say Arizona covers the 12. I know this is going to be crazy, but I'm going Dallas win and cover. <laughs> Can't blame you. Cannot blame you. But uh, next game, uh, Chief, or, uh, Bears at Chiefs. Bears at Chiefs, also at 425. 12 Chiefs and a half. Win and cover. 12, <laughs> I don't 12 even know and a half. <laughs> 12 and a half is the number. Um, I figured that was coming. I'll say it's a backdoor cover. Like I think the Chiefs are probably going to just you know destroy them throughout the game. Uh, but I'll say Justin Fields makes some garbage time plays to uh, bring yeah, it back I, and cover the 12 and I, a half. Yeah, I'm also joking. I think the Chiefs will win the game, but I think 12 and a half is a big spread, and I think the, I think the Bears will find a way to cover. So I do oh, think so the Chiefs will win, but Bears will cover. No, no, I was uh, actually kidding. I, I didn't okay. I didn't know the spread. I was joking. Bears, <laughs> Bears will cover that, I think, yeah. All right, all right. Going to Sunday night football, Pittsburgh at, at Las Vegas. Um, Las Vegas is a two and a half point favorite. I originally had Pittsburgh here because I feel like they are probably the better team, but like, oh gosh, Kenny Pickett, dude, he looks so bad, like literally horrendous. Um, and if Garoppolo gets Jacoby Myers back, I think they can make enough plays to win this game, and I'll take uh, Vegas to win. And since it's such a low number, I'll take him to cover. You said it's in Vegas, right? Yep. And they're expected two. to be two and a half uh, point favorites. Yep. Yep, yep. All right, I'm going to take Las Vegas, too. I'll take him to win and cover. That's a really close one for me, but I'll take him to win and cover. Yeah, Pittsburgh is just so disappointing. Um, Monday night football, we got two games again this week. Um, both are actually pretty interesting. The first one is the Eagles at Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, Philly's a five-point favorite. Over-under is 46. Mm-hmm. Kind of a tough one. Like, Tampa Bay is another team that's looked decent. Um, yep. And Philly hasn't looked amazing. I don't yeah. know. I have Philly wins, but doesn't cover. But I'm I'm debating switching that. But um, what's what's the spread again? Five for Philly. Yeah, oh, I'll take Philly all day in a five point spread. Yeah, I'm gonna switch mine too, and then that means I'm gonna switch above, and I'm gonna say the Colts cover Baltimore because I, I gotta keep it you. even. All right. I appreciate you. Philly wins and covers. I don't really like that spread that much, but <laughs> five. The, yeah. I, Tampa Bay is probably overrated. Yeah. Um, fun Monday night football game. This is a big game, I think. Um, the Rams at the Bengals. 
Um, Cincinnati's a two and a half point favorite at home. Over under is 43 and a half. Big time question mark if Joey B plays. Um, but let's assume he plays for a minute because this this line has to be assuming he's playing, obviously. Um, the Rams need a win, or the uh, Bengals need a win in the worst way. But you know this is not going to be an easy uh, easy place to get it even at home. So start us off. Uh, Bengals minus two and a half. Bengals win if Joey B plays and he's somewhat healthy. Bengals win in cover. Yeah, I think absolute pure and utter desperation. I have Bengals winning and covering as well if Joey yep. B plays. Yep. And that'll do it. Those are the picks for the week. Again, we'll uh, develop a parlay here and uh, check it out on the Instagram. But any last words, my friend, before we uh... – No, it's just good to be back and good to talk some football. And thank you for holding on the fort in India. And, you know, missed you all and win-win. That's all I got to say. Thank you all. Love it. Thanks all for checking it out. That was Monday's Down South.